Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Glory to God. Well, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be to be back here today and and uh, Amen. Share and what God is doing in Columbia, Louisiana. Amen. And to hear the outreach, the outreach, uh, all the all the years that we pastored, one of the greatest outreaches my wife did was reach into our uh, school system and bless the teachers and man, all that stuff just excites me because I, I know what it does. Amen. You want to touch a community? Bless a teacher. It, it, hallelujah. It, it, it'll it'll Glory to God. That's that's good ground. Praise God. Amen. We're going to get right into the Word this morning. Praise God. And just happy to be here. Praise God. Leviticus chapter 6. One verse of Scripture. Leviticus chapter 6. The pastor said, you're going to preach out of Leviticus. Well, I'm going to read a text from there. I will. <clears throat> Amen. Verse uh, 13, one, one verse of Scripture. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, and it shall never go out. It shall never go out. I, I admired the altars in the house of the Lord and uh, thank the Lord for them. Uh, the altar... In, in some people's mind is uh, a place where sinners come to repent of their sins. And that's normally what happens. The altar is a place of, uh, I was in one church not long ago and they had a sign that said, this is where sin dies. The altar is a place where you kill things. In, in, in Old Testament, when, when the altar was built, uh, uh, animals had to be sacrificed and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And the altar was a place. It's an ugly place. It's a, uh, I mean, it's, it's a piece of furniture, and, and, and I like it. But it, there is where uh, things die and things get rid of stuff in their life. And that's why some people don't like altars because they don't want to get rid of stuff in their life at that altar. Uh, let me go through the Scriptures real quickly uh, Noah was an altar builder. Abraham was an altar builder. Abraham taught his son Isaac, and Isaac became an altar builder. Isaac taught his son Jacob, and Jacob became an altar builder. Moses built an altar. Joshua built an altar. Gideon built an altar. David built an altar. Solomon built an altar. And Elijah built an altar. And all these are just men that I mentioned to you to let you know this ain't just something I just come up with. That through the scriptures we have examples of men that built altars. Let me, let me speak to you parents today. The greatest thing you can ever do for your children is not leave them a great inheritance for them to throw away. The greatest thing you can do for your children is to teach them to build an altar in their life. That the fire shall never go out on the altar. 
to keep that fire burning in your own life, you got to keep the fire burning at the altar. If you grow in God, you're, you're going to grow. You, you don't grow in God in just lifting our hands in worship to music, but you grow in God by coming to an altar. The way up is the way down. Hallelujah to God. Amen. This might sound like old-fashioned stuff, and, and believe me, I, I haven't preached on this in a, a good long while. A good long while, but this is burning in my spirit this week that we shall never, never allow the fire to go out on the altar. And if the fire does go out on the altar, there are great consequences because of a lack of fire on the altar. To keep, now, uh, you, you country folks understand to keep fire burning in a heater, you got to keep putting wood in there. Amen. And to keep the fire burning, the Bible said in the book of Romans to bring your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, and to keep that fire burning in that altar. Here's, here's what will happen if we don't keep an altar before our, our people. Uh, uh, Jesus Jesus had disciples, and, and they asked him one day. They didn't ask him, teach us to work miracles. They didn't ask him, teach us to have a big ministry. Teach us what to do to elevate our ministry. They gathered around Jesus and said, teach us to pray. And if we can pray, men ought to always pray and faint not. Because prayer, the greatest thing that happens in a community and in a church, is based on what happens in a prayer time. If anything else happens in a church in a community, it will be it will be because there is altar time. For when men come to that altar and sacrifice, it's a place of worship. It's a place of honoring God. It's a place that when you come to an altar and give yourself to God, you're telling God, "You are my God. You are my Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world." And there is no other. It's not just a place for sinners to come, but it's a place uh, for the righteous to keep the fire burning uh, at the altar of God that will touch other people's lives. And the greatest thing it will do is uh, it will keep a fire burning in you. Uh, if you want to stay on fire for God, you want to worship and you want to honor God, uh, you stay at that altar. Uh, so how long have I got to do it? I'm going to ride this altar all the way to the pearly gates. I refuse to leave that altar. I refuse to give place to the enemy. The greatest thing the enemy tries to do is to keep saints of God away from the altar. In all of our years of pastoring, uh, people don't backslide overnight. They don't wake up on Monday morning and say, I ain't never going to church again. Uh, they slowly slip away from the altar. Uh, it, it, oh, hallelujah. It, it, when people begin to avoid the altar, you can rest assured they got something they're trying to deal with, and they're trying to work it out. You won't work it out on the golf course. Uh, you won't work it out on the lake. Uh, you won't work it out in your boat. Uh, you're going to work it out at that altar altar. Uh, amen. And when that fire gets burning in that altar, uh, it'll burn out the stuff that's in you that ought not be there. Hallelujah. I've watched people backslide for years. You know us Pentecostals, we preach on backsliding and we practice it more than any other denomination. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Every one of you know somebody used to go to church. There you are. Amen. The reason they lost out with God or left God or quit going to God is because I had a young man in our church and he, he used to be a, a front row sitter. He would always sit on the front row. And, and the next thing I noticed, he was about three rows back. And I understand everybody can't sit on the front row, so no stones, no offense. I'm just saying if you was here one time and you no longer like it here, there's a problem. Hallelujah. And so so my buddy, he just kept getting further back and further back. Next thing I know, him and his wife was separated. He is crying, moaning the blues on me, frustrating me, aggravating me to fix his marriage. And finally, I give him a counseling session. I said, son, you was in the church the past six months. You was in the building, but you wasn't in the church. For the past six months, every Sunday, I made an altar call, and you kept avoiding this place. And the fire fire's gone out of your altar uh, and now it's gone out of your marriage and now it's gone out of your own life uh, and there's no fire the Levitical law God said uh, keep that fire burning on that altar uh, don't ever let the fire go out at that altar when you're working and you're laboring and you feel like you ain't getting anywhere, bring it back to that altar and rekindle it and, and, and ask God to help me be, be, be more out there with it. Let, let my testimony be more powerful. Uh, amen. Don't let it just dry up. Don't let it just become dead. How do I do that? Amen. This is for the saints of God to keep a fire burning in your spirit. Stay at the altar. Go. Amen. I, I, all the years I pastored, uh, I watched people never never pray. I, I can name names to you of people i never seen go to the altar and I can name them same names and tell you they always had problems in their life. They always had situations they couldn't figure out. They always had stuff coming in on top of them because they avoided the altar. I, I know that might sound like that, that that's old stuff for us and, and you need to get with a program. We're in a new generation and we got all this technology and we got it all together but when the devil comes in like a flood uh, technology he ain't afraid of. Uh, amen. All the musical that we can do he ain't afraid of. Uh, but you get at that altar uh, and the devil can't take that fire out of your soul uh, and you'll wade through hell. Uh, you'll go through sickness. Uh, you'll go through diseases. Uh, you'll go through financial crisis. Uh, you will endure to the end because of what happens at that altar. I got a friend that has a counseling degree, and one day he told me, he said, I'm wore out. He said, I've had 180 counseling sessions this week. I said, if you'd have had that church at that altar last week, you'd eliminated about three-fourths of them. I'm just, I'm just old-fashioned, and I believe what we did 40 years ago or 50 years ago when I was a kid growing up in church, and them old-timers said, let's get in the altar, and let's pray, and let's draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to us, and let us seek him, and if we seek him while he may be found, his ear is not deaf, and his arm is not short. If you teach that to your kids, hallelujah to God, when they get out there on their own, 
on. They may go crazy for a while, but they're going to remember what mom and dad taught me at that altar. And I believe I'll come back to that altar. And I believe I'll seek God. And I believe the Bible said he's the counselor and the prince of peace. And if you got problems in your life, come to that altar and renew that fire in that altar and get that fire burning in that altar and you'll find the peace of God who passes all a man's understanding and the joy of the Lord will be renewed in your spirit. Hallelujah to God. Most churches we go into nowadays, most churches don't have altars. And, and, and I'm not so critical that, that I, I, I just beat them up because they don't have altars. Because we're in a new generation and people don't think we need them because that's an ugly piece of furniture in most people's eyes. What's them, what's them two by twelves doing down here? <laughs> they got all this nice stuff and they got them right in the middle of it. That's about as dumb as it looks. That's what they think. But they, don't you love they? They has caused more problems than the world could ever fix. They said, they did, they, 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 I ain't never met they, 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 they. But they, what they need is they need to get themselves down here at this piece of furniture. Hallelujah. And bend that old knee, oh God. Hallelujah. It's not mama and it's not daddy, but it's me, oh God. You got a teenager you can't do nothing with. Drab them by the arm. Drag them down that church, down that altar. Hallelujah. And get the fire of God burning in them. God will do more for them in five minutes than you can do in a lifetime. Woo, hallelujah. If altar building worked for Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Gideon and David and Saul and Elijah, if altar building worked for them, why in the name of God wouldn't it work for us? Well, they didn't have modern technology like we have. My wife showed me a YouTube thing. I ain't much into that. I don't ever want to be driving down the road. She said, what's this? Two young guys talking about social media and how it's supposed to help and enhance the church. And now they done found out in the past year, all it done is disconnect people from the church. Hallelujah. And all the technology you know what? You know what? This is what burning my spirit because they left the altar. We got all this other stuff, but we left the altar. And that altar experience is what's going to change things. Whew. Hallelujah. In, in the book of 2 Chronicles, three chapters, three stories, real briefly, I will share with you what happens. And, and, and God, the Bible said this book was written as an example for us to follow. Amen. So these things, three different occasions with three different men over a period of, uh, uh, I don't know exactly how many years, but a pretty long while. 
Asa was king in chapter 15, and when he got elected to kingship or become a king, Israel, the Bible said there was no teaching priest, and there was no law, and there, there was no sacrifices. In other words, uh, they quit preaching, and they quit sacrificing. They quit giving their offerings, uh, and the church dried up. Uh, you talk about economic problems uh, and financial crisis. You quit giving to God. You quit preaching the word of God. Uh, and you leave that altar of sacrifice. When Asa become king, Israel was in a mess. And he began to pray. And a preacher showed up and said, what you need to do is renew the altar. And if you'll rebuild that altar and get all this other mess out of the church, then you'll see revival come. And the next thing that Asa done was rebuild the altar, begin to sacrifice to God, begin to receive for the kingdom of God again, got the preachers all lined up. I see, I read this week where a pastor pastor in a mega church in America for 40 years resigned and said I'm turning in my faith on Christianity. I no longer believe in Christianity. Pastor in a mega church been successful in the ministry but all of that to say this to you today he's where he is this morning because he left the altar. What got him there is what to keep you there. Never let the fire go out on the altar. Woo, hallelujah. I, I'm a preacher. I've been preaching 40 plus years, and I'm always looking for new stuff. And, and, and you listen to other preachers preach, and you try to get, and you, and you go in books, and you try to get sermons. And ain't nothing wrong with that. It's all wonderful to get ideas that came from the past and look into the future. But when it comes to preaching, hallelujah to God, where you're going to get it at is that altar. How are you going to get it at that altar? Oh, hallelujah. This is wearing me out, you think. Oh, just keep riding that altar. Resign the church after all these years and deny the faith. He, it, it ain't no different way it was then. God done worked so many miracles for Israel. You'd think they'd always be faithful from one generation to the next. But when they leave that altar, hallelujah, when they leave that altar, they leave God. Hallelujah. And Asa inherited a nation that was totally backslid. But when he rebuilt the altar and he renewed the sacrifice and he got the preachers lined up and said, boys, y'all getting right. We're going to start with you. Hallelujah. Judgment begins at the house of God. And we're going to start with the priesthood and get you guys right and get this mess cleaned out. And the Bible said God sent revival. Hallelujah. And God sent revival. And for the next 20 years, they had no problems and no issues and no kingdom tried to rise up against them. If you keep that fire burning in your soul, you might have difficulties and battles and trials, but you will walk through it. There is no weapon. It is formed against you that will ever be able to prosper. Hallelujah. Got to build that altar. Second Chronicles chapter 29. Hezekiah became king. He was a godly man. At 25 years old, 
I remember when I started pastoring, I was 25 years old. Me and Hezekiah, we had 25 and pastor 29 years. He served 29 years. But Hezekiah inherited a situation that was a mess. Same identical thing that happened to Asa. The people quit praying. The quit, people quit giving. The people quit sacrificing. They done, they done brought in idolatry in, into the kingdom of God, worshiping idols. What kind of world are we living in today? Oh, God, help us. Hallelujah. And Hezekiah, he got stirred up in his spirit, took out all that stuff out of that. Israel was in financial crisis. Some, some of our young people don't understand what financial crisis is. In 2008, anybody remember that? I remember 08. I remember $200,000 homes selling for $30,000. I, I remember people being without work. But that ain't my first financial crisis. When I said I do, I had to borrow money to get married. I've only been in debt ever since. So always been in a financial crisis don't shout me down now but how have we made it how have we survived we never leave the altar but when Hezekiah become king Israel was in a mess the nation was bankrupt nobody had anything there was no peace in the land there was trouble everywhere but he said we're going to restore the house of God we're going to renew the altar of God we're going to build that altar we're going to drag ourselves down there and we're going to pray and we're going to put some fire in there put some wood on the fire and God said I'll hear from heaven and while you're yet speaking I will answer you and show you young people the greatest thing you'll ever learn in life is keep an altar built in your soul glory to God I know this ain't, this ain't real popular preaching it ain't the modern message Hallelujah. But if it worked for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, David, Solomon, Elijah, Hezekiah, Asa, if it worked for all them fellas, it ought to work for us. Hallelujah. Build an altar. You see, in, in, in this modern world we're in, people want to get evangelists and we want, we want them to come by and We had evangelists preach 13 weeks in a church in our community a few years ago. And I went a few times. Some of our people went a few times. And they, they was having 300 people every night. Churches jam-packed full. And so I'm on the ministerial alliance with the pastor. And when the meeting was all over with and next ministerial alliance, I said, did y'all get anybody saved? How many folks did you retain from that 13-week revival? And his reply to me was, not one soul. Not one soul. Not one. So all we had was a bunch of charisma, charismatic, Pentecostal tongue talkers just shouting, dancing, falling out in the spirit. Hallelujah. I know this is a good way to kill a revival. <laughs> Hallelujah. This, this is what we had. Amen. The one night I went, everybody was falling out. I mean, they was all just falling out like wood all up in the front. Everybody. And the one pastor, a friend of mine that was there, we was there, happened to show up. Uh, He's seen everybody falling out. He said, well, I'm going to join them. He just walked out there in the middle of them. <laughs> just laid down there right with them. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the reason we have no retention 
is because we've avoided the altar. But I'm going to tell you, let every man be a liar, but this be true. You hang at this altar, there's going to be some retention. It's going to burn out some stuff. It'll get rid of stuff in you you've held on to for a long time. That's why we avoid it so much is because I like this hatred and I like this envy and I like this strife and I like this jealousy. Ain't nobody going to get rid of it. But if you get in that altar, you don't even know what freedom is. You don't know what it means to be set free by the power of a living God. God said to Moses, write this down, son. Write this down. Don't ever let the fire burn out on this altar. Hallelujah. Just one line sentence there, but the value of it. Then there was Manasseh. Now watch, watch Manasseh. Hezekiah was a man of God, and he raised a boy named Manasseh. And Manasseh, he was a heathen. Hezekiah's own son, he couldn't do nothing with him. He was bad from the get word, go. Manasseh, he didn't listen to nothing daddy told him. Some of y'all are like, that's my boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, he's talking right to us. Hallelujah. Manasseh took over, chapter 33, and Manasseh became king. And the Bible said he was the worst king and committed the worst atrocities of any man before him. His dad was a godly man. He was raised when the altar was rebuilt, brought up under that altar, seen what God done. Saw how God established and how God blessed and how God restored. But some, there's always some kind of Pharaoh you got to deal with. And Manasseh, the Bible said, listen, listen to his idolatry. He didn't only bring in the false gods of all the nations around him. He set them up right in the place where God's altar was. And then he offered children Unto that God caused them to walk through the fire and sacrifice children. Don't that sound like our generation? Don't let me get on no hobby horse. Hallelujah. Everything else is all right. I mean, not all right, but killing babies is wonderful. Well, that put a in a church. Manasseh, that's what he did. Kill babies, sacrificed them, worshiped that God, laughed at God, and made fun of God. See what God done? Just like He's always done. When people forsake the altar, He causes the enemy to come in and takes them out. And the enemy showed up from Assyria and captured Manasseh and took him to Babylon. Read it for yourself. And in Babylon, Oh, Manasseh and all of his wicked, evil ways and his idolatrous ways, he started thinking. Maybe dad was right. He started thinking. Maybe grandma wasn't so dumb after all. That went over good. Let me get back up here. <laughs> Maybe them old people ain't so stupid after all. I remember how I used to have it and look at them now. I'm a slave. We heard a song a while ago about not being a slave anymore. 
I remember how good it used to be and look where I am now. I'm in the dump of society and I know it wasn't daddy's fault because he was a godly man but I messed up along the way. I messed my life up. I refused to go to church. I refused to live. I refused. But he started looking towards heaven captive by an enemy. And he began to pray, oh God, can you help me, oh Lord? He didn't have an altar, literal place, but in his spirit, he built that altar and he put some wood on it. Sister Patty put some wood on that altar and he began to call on the God of his father and his grandfathers and the patriarchs of old. And God sent deliverance. And the next thing, he was back in Israel. And the first thing he done when he got home, he said, I'm going to clean out all this garbage and I'm going to rebuild the altar. And we go, oh, everybody's going to come and worship God. Everybody's going to give themselves to God. I'm not going to let anybody go. I understand and I learn if you forsake that altar, God will forsake you. See, we got people today that believe you can live any kind of way, do anything you want to. And Jesus gave me a promise, said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. But hold on. The prophet said to Asa, if you leave God, he will leave you. I, I didn't write the book. I just tell you that's what it says. If you leave this altar, if you leave this birthing place, this sacrificing place, it ain't just a place of forgiveness, but it's a place of continual worship and continual honor and continual service. Oh, hallelujah to God. I resigned our church 10 years ago and went out on the evangelistic field and the Lord's blessed. But when I'm at home, I get up every morning and that's where I go. Every morning I get up and go back to that church. I go back to that altar. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to live on what grandma gave me 55 years ago. I'm not trying to be successful 50 years later on, on, on my pastoral ministry. I'm not, oh, hallelujah. We must never allow the fire to go out on the altar and if you keep that fire on that altar God will keep it in your life he'll keep it in your family he'll bring it out to the school system where does all that happen at right here in this altar of God Whew. hallelujah God gets sin and revival the first thing churches want to do is quit praying I'm going to tell you this morning, what brings it is what keeps it. Is that altar. We, we, we got a, a duplication society. A few of you might remember the Brownsville revival. It was wonderful. Went myself. It was wonderful. But we had too many people loading up vans going to Brownsville thinking you're going to package it, tie it up, bring it back to my church and make it happen. It don't happen like that. You, you, you can't just duplicate it because you don't understand what happened in Brownsville because people prayed every Sunday night for two years. Hallelujah. And you think God's the kind of God that's going to let you roller skate up in there? Hallelujah, load it up. 
get on your skateboard and Man, we'll sing the same songs they sung, go through the same worship they did, and try to make it real. No, sir, my friend. What God required of them requires of us. We're going to cost us to get around that altar. Now, now what's the devil? I'm closing up with this right here. The Bible said I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices, so me and him know one another real well. I know it's tricks. I was in a preacher's convention, Assembly of God preacher's convention. There was about 800 people there, so there's about at least 350 pastors was there, and evangelists. And the pastor preached that night. He was a general superintendent of Tennessee, Brother Jackson, I think his name was, and he preached, and when he started, he said, I'm preaching to all you preachers here tonight. And when he finished... And made the altar call. I was sitting way back at the back. Just went in there to get my soul fed. Hear a good word. But that word got in my spirit, Brother Dean. So I left my seat. It's a long ways down that aisle. So I left my seat and I come walking to that altar. And on my way down there. You see, the devil wants to keep you from this. This is a place he wants to keep you from. Because he knows at this place, and fire will ignite your life. Hallelujah. I went down that altar, and the enemy said to me in my ear on this side, sitting right there, they're all looking at you. Everybody's watching you. All your friends think you're backslid. And the preacher done said, I'm preaching to all you preachers tonight. Come on. So the enemy talked me into looking anyway. So I looked around in that big old church with about 800 people there. I was the lone ranger at the altar. There wasn't even a tonto with me. I was all by myself. I was all by myself. But none of them people knew what I was dealing with. They didn't know the crisis my church was in. They didn't know the financial crisis. We couldn't even pay the bills. They didn't, they didn't know. But I heard a word. And I refused to let the tricks of the enemy. Because I heard the word. And so if I can get down there. There's a fire burning down there. Hallelujah. I don't care what all these first and second freedoms and independence and all these other preachers think. I need God to touch my life. Not one other preacher came. Not one other church came. I can tell you this. Some of them was just lying because some of them was in the same set I was in. But they just didn't want to admit it because they wanted all their buddies to think I got the victory. I'm walking on cloud 20. I won't tell you when you got needs in your life. Don't put on no airs. Don't put on no shows. Get your hind in down there to that altar and let God birth a life in you that hell cannot destroy. Hallelujah. I went down there feeling like a buzzard, but when I left, I was like a peacock. That's what happened at that altar. Whatever you do, church, young people, Starting out in life, seniors graduating, we're at that time of year, leaving high school, leaving home. 
leaving this podunk town. I'm, I'm going to move to Dallas. I'm going to New York City. Well, God bless you. Hit the trail. But whatever you do, don't forget these altars. Because there'll come a time when you're going to need them. And the good part is you can carry that altar with you. If you attend a church that don't have an altar in it, you can come and make one. Hallelujah. Come and kneel down on, on the carpet. What are you doing? I'm going to build me an altar right here. And I'm going to honor God. Hallelujah. I need God to move for me. Would you stand? Glory to God. Renew that altar. And God said to Moses in Leviticus, write these words, son. Write these words. Never let the fire go out on that altar. I wonder this morning, back in the old days, every service would end like this. Would you gather around the altar and pray with me today? Could we gather around the altar? I love these altars because I ain't never seen any made with two. So you ain't on, on one, you'd be button heads with the person across from you. Have I got a witness? This is a double portion altar right here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have I got any young people? So I want to renew my commitment to God today. I want to renew. I heard that word, and I, I, I want that fire to burn in my spirit. Amen. Would, would, would we gather, maybe got some older people that are come and lead us and, and show the younger people, I, I need y'all, I don't care how old you get. Don't care how old you get. I, I need to gather in these altars. Lord of heaven, for ministry is going to do anything. We're going to gather in these altars and you're going to touch it. Live church in Columbia. God, ever visitors here today. The power of heaven, hold up, I say. The glory of God's going to come. At our altar, Lord of heaven, forgive us of our failures. Forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us, O oh Lord of heaven. Forgive us of our transgressions and our sins. God of heaven, let a fire ever burn in my children and my grandchildren. Let a fire ever burn in my grandchildren. May they never forget, oh God, the, the, the results of praying in that altar. Keep us together, oh God. Keep our family together. Keep our home together. God, it should move in a supernatural way. Not our might and power. Lord, as the young lady stands today, said, I'm going here because there's a fire burning in her soul. And you said when he was touched by a live coal, Lord, he said, here am I, send me. I want to do something. I want to be involved in the kingdom of God. I believe you this morning, Lord. Every house, every child, every grandchild. Lord, our little children that are in here this morning, our little babies, God, that they may understand at an altar of God praying, you will touch their life. At an altar of God, at five and six years old, the power of a living God is saturated. Lord of heaven, just babies, the glory of God will come. At these altars, we renew them today. Renew them fresh in our spirit. Renew them fresh in our heart. Renew them fresh in our family. Lord, we believe you this morning. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.